0: like marriage and divorce, kids in college, show that past performance is not indicative of future results thanks for tuning in
1: and we are back welcome back to McNamara on money my name is Justin McNamara uh, alongside Alyssa McNamara Reed Alyssa how you doing you still with me
2: I'm so with you yes it's so nice to not have to host for a change and just kind of be the wingman love it there you
1: go hi I'm, I'm happy to happy to help I know I'm usually I- alongside uh usually alongside Michael but Alyssa is going to help me out Mike is uh, I don't know, probably doing boat stuff this time of year. He's he's back, he's back from Florida, uh, but he is uh, not back in the office just yet. He's got stuff to do, I guess. Anyway, uh, nice life if you can get it. Okay, so yep. we're going to go on with our uh, frequently asked questions. Again, we are pre-recording. It is soccer season, and both Alyssa and I are, are likely uh, coaching right now. In real life, uh, so we're going to go ahead and, and do a you know keep going with our frequently asked questions. We've we've covered a few on social security, a, l- a bit on investments. Uh, I'm going to transition into a college question, right? So here here the, the question is, uh, should I try to have my mortgage paid off before college starts? Do you have any intro comments before I get into my scenarios? I did I did put some numbers. Into our computer just to kind of run a few different scenarios. Again, there's no simple answers to this, and and I think you know, like like anything else, uh, all of the answers are situation dependent, right? You know, yeah. based on investment rates of return and based on how much you're particularly saving for college and how much you're going to try to pay for college. Uh, so I, I I don't think we're going to we certainly aren't going to answer this question with a you know a a, a yes or no. Uh, but do you have any comments to get started?
2: Well, I think that um, it's an interesting thing to talk about. And Kirk and I talked about it in a recent show when we talked about how much college can you afford. We touched on this a little bit. I mean, I think it's you know, for a lot of people, it's unrealistic, unfortunately. Right. So, you know, we're really talking to a subset of people who have a lot of wiggle room in their cash flow. Um, you know, a lot of discretionary income that they can do something with. Um, so, really, the discussion is, you know, I have this extra chunk of money, and what's the optimum use for it if I have kids that will attend college one day? Um, and so, really, in from that perspective, the choices are to save it for college and generally speaking would be a 529 a very tax efficient vehicle or use it to pay down the mortgage so that you have even more free cash flow when it comes to sending your kids to college so um you know relatively small group of people that we're talking about but i think it's really an interesting discussion and depends on Um, It depends on the interest rate on your mortgage. It depends on how much free cash flow there is. It depends on what the markets do in the next, you know, 10, 15 years. And um, it's, it's fun to analyze. I also think it's really fun and we'll crunch some numbers here in a minute, but I also think it's fun to analyze and really, you know, dig deep into um, the mortgage and what we, what's known as the amortization schedule, which is, you know, the information regarding how quickly the principal uh, is paid down, how much interest you're paying over the life of the loan. Those, those numbers are kind of fun to look at just because they're so big.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. And, and, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes small changes can make uh, big adjustments. And so I think the number crunching is fun. I think for a lot of people it might, not make sense Uh, you know when we do the number crunching it might make sense for the for people to be saving but again it like depends on the ages of the kids too right if you're if your kids are really young and you can be aggressive and you have enough time to be aggressive with the savings then it's probably going to look better to to save in a 529 versus pay down debt especially if you have a loan at like two and a quarter percent right um, if your kids are a little bit older and you might not have enough time to take as much investment risk, so earnings potentials are, are earnings potential is a little bit lower, um, then it might be a really close analysis and it might look better to pay down the mortgage and have the cash flow. so
1: yeah, I think I think we're usually talking about folks who are, you know, th- this discussion I think applies more to folks who are maybe on the higher income side. As you mentioned, you know, you have to have discretionary cash flow in order to even make this a possibility. But also, if you're sitting there with a with a larger mortgage, right? You know, for for those of you who are paying principal and interest in you know the three, four, even five thousand dollar range, if you can wipe, you know, let's just say hypothetically you have a $5000 payment for your mortgage right and that's just mm-hmm. your principal and interest so you're you know you have a large a, a large payment on a, you know what's more than likely a large home if you had the ability to make that go away before a kid got to college, then all of a sudden you're sitting on sixty thousand dollars a year, and well, hey, you know that's that's at least probably in the ballpark of just being able to pay cash for college. So it's it certainly sounds attractive uh, to us to you know to a certain subset of people. You know whether or not the numbers work for your particular situation. Again. Just to be clear, like you know, like anything else, uh, everything is going to be specific to your situation. But uh, we you know we do we do come up with you know we have to have we have this discussion with a lot of different folks in a lot of different sort of walks of life, and so we're going to try to uh, you know kind of give you one example here. And I you know I do have a a couple loaded into my software okay ah. i'm gonna have you I, we have joe and jane no we don't have joe and jane this oh, is bill your and favorite. Melinda. i went back to joe and jane <laughs>
0: this
1: is uh this is bill and melinda saver
2: yeah and
1: uh, bill and melinda have a couple of kids uh, and we're gonna make them 10 years old right so we have a uh, little saver and tiny saver okay uh, they are 10 years old now so we're talking about you know kind of eight eight years ish until college arrives i do have 529 balances, right? So I I put in uh, $25,000 each in each of a couple of 529 plans and I'm going to use like a, a 2% real rate of return if we you know as we've discussed before on this program our software is is very complex. And sometimes I have to make, you know, I have to simplify things in order to make it uh, a little bit more understandable for the radio. So I'm going to do a two percent rate of return. I'm going I'm to factor college, uh, college inflation, and inflation in general out of this scenario, uh, just to make the numbers a little a bit more workable. But I will, I'm okay. going to give uh, Bill and Melinda and their kids a rate of return. It's going to be a two percent rate of return. Sounds low, but if you take out inflation.
2: Um, it's like a five percent rate of return. Yeah, it's
1: it's in the ballpark of a five yeah. percent rate of return, which I think is, you know, it's again reasonable for a five twenty nine plan. They tend to be on the more conservative side anyway, especially as you get closer to college. So, uh, again, we're we're forecasting somewhere in, in the range of a of a five percent return in the in the real world. In this case, it's just a two percent uh, real rate of return. So, uh, in this case, again, I mentioned uh, they have about eight years until college starts. I do have, they are able to save, all right? So, you know, in, in, in my option, my first option, I have them, have they have a mortgage, but the mortgage is not going to be paid off by the time college rolls around. So, you know, okay. they have a, a $200,000 mortgage. They have a very, you know, a low, a decent interest rate. It's three and a half percent. And we're going to give them a $1,500 per month payment which will have their mortgage gone in 14 years, but but 14 years for them—that's after the kids are out of school, all right. So they have you know a, real, a manageable yeah. mortgage here, uh, but it is going to run all the way through school. So if they don't pay it off early, they're going to be having you know they'll be sitting on both college uh, and uh, mortgage payments. Okay, so that's going to be our, okay. it's our base case scenario. Okay. Um, so, back- what are you going
2: to project future values of the five twenty nines?
1: I'm just going to project what their what their college payments are going to be. So, I'll I'll show you in a minute. Oh, okay. But yeah, for, for right now, I'm going to assume that you know our, our total bills for Bill and Melinda. Are, you know, literally, it's just going to be their uh, their mortgage and also their college savings. Right. So they they're gonna they're gonna save seven hundred and fifty dollars a month in each of the five twenty nine plans. So there's okay. There they have a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage. And uh, their income is going to be $36,000 a year. So essentially, all they're doing is uh, they're, they're just able to pay all their bills, go to those. You know, They have two bills, and those are them. All right. And so okay. if I go and I project that, and let's see if I can actually run this. It's always, it's always interesting running this stuff live. So um, if I run that, let's see how close they get to being able... Again, We're starting with 25,000. We save 750 a month, so that's I mean, that's a decent chunk of change to be saving and over an eight year period. If we have, did I even, you know, what my
2: yeah, I, we need I, to I know what,
1: about my education goals. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. What I are they looking for? 30 list.
2: grand a year for public in state tuition or something in that range? For yeah, both let me kids? get
1: there. Let me get there. This is what I you saw the for, future value for, of
2: that, but. Okay. $40, okay yeah. $40, so we're going with
1: 40,000 a year. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have okay. substantial college bills when they, when they hit college, right? We're talking, we're starting at age 18. We're starting in year twenty twenty nine, and it's going to be 40,000 a year. Again, I'm, I'm taking inflation out of this. I know we could have a whole discussion about education inflation and how it, you know, it's, it's been higher than, um, than regular inflation. And, and that may, maybe means you have to save more than you think, but uh, for now, I'm just going to wipe out inflation. It's going to be, One hundred sixty thousand dollars now, and it will be eight years from now. Oh, okay. Will also be one hundred sixty. So again, if they if they followed through on this scenario, at the moment, what you're going to get is
2: they could mostly afford it, right? They
1: could mostly afford college, right? I mean, if if you think about it, you know, seven hundred and fifty dollars per month is that's nine grand a year, and if you do that for eight years. And if you earn a few bucks in the meantime, you know you're gonna. Yeah. You'll have a pretty good sized nest egg if you're if you know especially if you're starting with twenty five thousand, uh, you're gonna put away you know I, I guess I sometime, somewhere around seventy or eighty grand. You're gonna get some growth, so you're up near that one sixty range, and they're actually short by about twenty seven thousand dollars per kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, anything else? I think I, I, I covered my base case scenario, so I want to jump to the other one.
2: OK, so Unless that's I, using $1,500 a month to save for college. Yep. And now you're going to transition the $1,500 a month to the mortgage payment to see if it pays off the mortgage. That's in right. In the same period of time.
1: Yeah, so my, so my scenario number two, i and I'm, again, we're just going to run this. This is one comp. You could obviously do a bunch of different ones, right? So in scenario number two,
0: mm-hmm. what
1: I'm going to do is I'm gonna make an early payoff. I'm gonna send thousand dollars a month to my
2: mortgage. Mortgage. Yeah. Okay.
1: And in doing so, I'm gonna have that paid off by August of twenty twenty nine.
2: Which is when they go to school.
1: Which is when they go to school, and I should double check this on my cash flow page. But yeah, I mean, so so the idea is what the parents are going to do is they'll say, "All right, well, hey, if, if we throw an extra thousand dollars a month at our mortgage, I'll, we'll be free and clear by the time we go to school. Let me save all of that money, uh, and we can, you know, then reallocate that and put it towards college." All right. Yeah. And let me just double check. I think I have that right, but you know, we always we always <laughs> we spend a lot of time on the cash flow page. Yeah. Um,
2: it's I mean, hard because that's not. A, it's it's hard to like wrap your head around that totally. Because yeah. even in that scenario, if the mortgage was gone by the time the kids go to college, their free cash at that time isn't forty thousand, right? It's their mortgage payment, which is right, right, fifteen hundred or eighteen thousand a year,
1: right? Yes, yeah, so plus in, yeah. In this particular case, yeah. I, I maybe I maybe didn't use a great example here. Um, but you know, in, in this, I, I try to use a more. I mean, most people's mortgages, I don't think are. You know, most people aren't ha- don't have a four or five thousand dollar per month uh, mortgage, and, and yeah. I think it's it's sort of less realistic. This is, a, I think, a, a more real world mortgage size. But I think yeah, you're true. right. You're, you're you're sort of seeing what's going to happen here, is that it's probably not going to work. But I I did want to show at least the differences, and we can, if we have time, we can mess around with the numbers a bit, and I can try some different scenarios. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, we do have if we put that extra thousand a month toward the mortgage, we'll have it paid off by 2029 when everything starts. Now, in order to do that, the problem is, is that you know, if you take that discretionary cash flow and you subtract a thousand, well, now all of a sudden you don't get to save that money towards your 529 plans, right? So instead of a right. 250000 a 250 dollar uh you, you do 250 as opposed to 750, right? Your $1,000 a month, we cut it in half. It subtracts $500 from each kid. And then you're down to 250 a month in savings, which again is a, is a substantially different savings right. number, right? You're right. saving three grand a year versus nine grand a year per kid. And so you're going to get uh, a lot less in the way of appreciation. And uh, when I run the numbers on this side, I maybe, maybe I should have spent some more time picking some better numbers, but... Uh, I will show you what the shortfall is.
2: Yeah. You know, this scenario, like in today's interest rate world where – anyone that's been able to refinance you know a lot of people have been able to refinance in the last several years and have mortgages you know four percent or less or oftentimes even three percent or less right so it it, this the discussion is a little bit easier right now in terms of which is the most prudent way to go pay down my debt or save for my kid for college if you have a choice right or the, the money to do both um it's generally going to look better if you save and invest the money because interest rates on the debt are so low, and earnings potential, especially like if your kid has, you know five, six, seven, eight years or more before they're going to get to college, your earnings potential is quite significantly. Is likely significantly higher than the interest rate on your mortgage, so it's probably going to look better to save the money, right? Right. Whereas, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, when interest rates were more on a mortgage were more commonly what, five percent or six percent or, you know, something in that range, four to six percent, 15, 20 years ago, it would have been um, a closer analysis, right, in terms of which um, which made more sense, but. All right, so what is your report showing here that they have less of an ability to pay for college in this scenario than they did if they saved?
1: Yeah, in this, I mean, in this scenario, it wasn't even close, right? So they, they literally were able to cover just one one full year of education. And then they had a shortfall in years two and three and four. And, and those years, uh, these years three and four, they had, you know, almost the entire shortfall, right? Less, less than $3,000 a month that they were saving. That was their shortfall. So, I mean, in this particular case, this would be, you know, if this was the scenario that we are running for a client, we in, you know, in this case, we would say it's probably not even close. In fact, it's, it isn't even close. And I, th- you know, I think one of the reasons is that obviously having the mortgage paid off early is great, but the benefit of it doesn't only accrue to, the college years, right? So, you know, if you have your mortgage paid off at a certain time, you get the benefit during those college years, but which, which may be limited, like in this case, but then after the college years, right, you still have it you still have it paid off. And so you're really getting a, you know, it's it's a, the benefit that you'll get from it extends over a long period of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then, you know, you have, you, know, you you could then maybe turn around and say, all right, well, what happens after college? Then could I, you know, I would maybe have that money to invest, et cetera, et cetera, depending on the time, you know, the length of your mortgage and all that stuff. So again, it's in this case, it's, it certainly didn't work. And I think I, I would say that you know, I don't want to. I don't know. Are we comfortable generalizing on what probably works? My my guess is that probably most of the time, it's better to save. Again, especially if you're yeah. talking about younger folks, and and depending on your investment, uh, your chosen investment process, right? I mean, you you if you start changing the numbers around, and you know, we're talking about this a year from now, as you mentioned, you know, we you may not have a mortgage. Of three and a half percent, your mortgage may be, you know, maybe four or 5%. And if you're a particularly conservative investor, and you don't want to watch your kids, your kids college accounts fluctuate in value, mm-hmm. then maybe, you know, you're, maybe it's a different story, right? If you're going to, you know, invest in just a money market fund, and you're not going to earn any essentially zero return, and you're just going to be going backwards from a, you know, from a point of view of inflation, then maybe you have a different answer on what the best uh, what the best scenario is.
2: Yeah, certainly setting money aside cash in the bank is is not going to look like a better scenario if it's the college money just sitting in a bank account. It would this, this only works. The analysis only works to your benefit if the dollars are invested and really can out earn the mortgage long term. Yeah. Um, cash in the bank is not going to look like a more attractive option because you're not earning anything there and you're paying interest on the mortgage. So that's, you know, that would be an easy model. I mean, I think it's like, you know, I I think it, yeah, like in most models, I think it would look better to invest in a 529 versus pay down a mortgage if you had the option, but it comes down to, um, I don't know, people just have different comfort levels with things. Like some people, um, are nervous investors. Maybe they just don't understand it or they had a bad experience or they know someone that had a bad experience.
0: Right. Um, yep. And
2: that might not work. And some people just really hate, some people are very comfortable with debt and have large mortgages and it's like no big deal. And some people hate carrying debt of all different types, especially the mortgage. Um, and and so, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it depends on the personality and, and e- e- even if, the analysis looks. The analysis looks slightly better one way. It's all based on assumptions anyway. We don't know right. what the markets are going to do. We don't know <laughs> if you're going to earn five, six, seven, eight percent per year on average on a five twenty nine. I mean, yep. you know, it, it depends on a lot of things. We've had really, really, you know, the other thing is we've had really good stock markets in the last what twelve, pretty much straight twelve years, except for a, a very exciting uh, spring of twenty twenty. Right. Um, and it's been. I don't know. I think there when when bull markets, which are the good ones, go on for that long, people sort of take for granted how easy it is to make money on their investments. But we can't forget if we examine like a lot of history, you know, which yeah. you and I know, it's not always that easy to make money on investments. And and sometimes we go through long periods of time of um earnings that are, you know, below long-term averages or negative earnings. And, and so it's just not always that easy. Um, people are pretty comfortable with investing right now. I think in general, yeah. because of what the markets are doing, but um, you know, that might not always be the case. Yeah. Although, it- although I was just thinking that might be the case. I feel like I want to do a whole show another time on like how, <laughs> I don't like to get too political but i want to have a show on like (laughs) on on like how i think that you know the government is largely to be i I was going to say blamed but i guess to be thanked for strong markets like this past year in particular right and and maybe Maybe
1: with uh with stimulus and all that stuff yeah with
2: stimulus unemployment ppp low interest rates i mean I, i i don't think the market would be roaring the way that it is in the last 12, 15 months, if that weren't the case.
1: You can do a government Um, is good show with dad. I know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would be a first for me, for sure. But I think it's just so interesting what's, I mean, of course, a very unusual year, like, you know, none other. Yeah. you know, but it's, I I think that we can all thank Washington for, for our money doing pretty well last year.
0: Yeah. I, Sometimes yeah.
2: I'm like, geez, maybe will that always be the case? Is it like, you know, big brother is always just going to be helping us keep the markets afloat? I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, I think there's certainly, obviously like, like anything else is a balance to be struck. And I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would agree. And I, I don't know that there's much, you know, usually we hardly agree on anything in this country, but uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of people who who have strong disagreements about whether or not, you know, all the stimulus that happened uh, in the last year was a good thing. It's, it seems like it pretty clearly worked and it was, honestly, yeah. it was pretty bipartisan at the time too. it was You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like we had, uh, you know, one party forcing it all through. It was pretty, bi- yeah. pretty bipartisan and hey, it actually worked. So uh, yeah, and I, again, I, I just want to follow up quickly on your, you know, we, so we ran these projections and another thing that you can think about here is, you know, from a personality point of view, you might say to yourself, well, yeah, I mean, I, I might be better off, but, you know, you do have to deal with volatility. And even if you get, you know, even if you, your average return over a given period of time, let's say the time that you're saving for college is decent, that doesn't mean that you'll necessarily get a good rate of return either, right? Because you have investment volatility, you know, you may get lousy markets earlier on when, uh, you know, when, when your kids are, are younger, and they're in they're therefore maybe more aggressive in their portfolios, and you, know, you may get a lousy market, and then they, you get better markets toward the end when you're very conservative, right? So there, there certainly is right, a volatility not, to the rate yeah. of return that was not in our, uh, in our projection, and then you, know, you, you have to um, put that against the guarantee, right? If you pay off your mortgage, you're guar- it's, it's guaranteed to be gone at the end of that and uh, you don't have to worry about it at the end. So yeah, yeah. Don't wanna, I don't wanna leave that out because there is uncertainty that comes with the markets uh, as yeah. we all know. All right, absolutely. I think we're just all right, we about,
2: gotta, Yeah, wrap it yeah, up and-
1: Up against the break. All right, uh, so hey, if you wanna, anyone has any questions out there? Uh, again, we're not live today, but uh, shoot us an email, questions at macnamaraonmoney.com, And we will be right back. Market turbulence can cause panic, and you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. And welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside. Uh, Alyssa McNamara-Reed we're virtual again we're both coaching soccer as I've mentioned a few times already here but uh, we are doing a frequently asked questions show and uh, we're in the we're in the home stretch here and we do have a bunch of questions I I know we spent a bunch of time uh, on some bigger questions here we'll probably try to get uh, a bunch of them in here and uh, all right Alyssa where do you want to go stick with college I think we should stick with college right
2: yeah, let's stick with college. There's a few more that we have on the list. And you okay. were so worried that we wouldn't have enough content for today. I feel like we could talk about any of these things for an hour. I always am. And then, I I,
1: yeah, we always, yeah, dad and I usually get to the end of an hour, you know, the end of a show and there's still two thirds of the outline left. But I know, just, I don't know. It's that's kind true. of stressful. It's stressful having to talk for two hours, especially <laughs> me as a middle child. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, will saving for college affect my financial aid? Do you want to take a shot at that one?
2: Um. Sure. Um. Yes. Probably. But it's <laughs> not. Uh. It's not a reason to not save for college. I think saving for college is uh always going to be in your best interest, assuming your kid or or multiple kids attend college. Um. I think that the 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 negative effects on the financial aid calculation are minimal. Um, yeah. And I can kind of go over some of the numbers. It, de- it depends on how the dollars are saved, basically, and whose social security number they're in and when they're used during the school years. Yep. Um, and we, you know, we, we want to make sure that people are are doing that and, and maximizing the efficiency of those dollars from a tax perspective and also from a financial aid perspective. But right. um, yes, it will affect your aid, but you should still save anyway. Yeah. Um,
1: that's the yeah, that's the simple that's the simple yeah. answer. Right. So yeah. again, under no circumstances should you not save for college because you, you because it will affect your financial aid right so right. you you may get less financial aid but you'll also um but you'll also be much better off i think that's that's yeah. sort of the easy you know unless you unless you some, somehow invest in something where where you lose all of your money which hopefully you're not going to do because you'll be in a diversified portfolio but
2: yeah, or you should be and then diversified right. portfolio, right
1: <laughs> right and you're, and yeah you know, most college uh, most college plans are in 529s where you're basically forced yeah. to be responsible, which I which again, I think is probably a pretty good thing. Uh, but yeah, so I think short story is you should definitely save uh, for college even though it will affect your financial aid. And I guess there's a you know there's a few things just to note. Uh, a lot of the folks who are say, you know who have the the discretionary cash flow, to save for college are probably not going to qualify for financial aid anyway. Right? True. I mean, I, I can't, yeah. you know, I've asked that, you know, I get that question all the time. And, you know, sometimes it's from, you know, from a couple who is, you know, making three or $400,000 a year. Yeah. And I say to them, uh, well, yeah, it may affect your financial aid if you would qualify for it in the first place. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but a lot of clients are realistically aren't going to qualify for financial aid.
2: Because, in, because of their income. Because yeah. of
1: their income. And secondarily, you know, most financial aid—financial aid sounds great until you realize that most of it is loans. Yeah. Anyway, right? So I mean, you're just qualifying. You know, you. And again, I'm not—we're not—I'm not, not, not bad mouthing loans, but uh, if your idea of financial aid is free money, then that sounds terrific. But a very, very small portion of financial aid is free money. And the vast, vast majority majority of it is loans that you have to pay back anyway. So uh, you know, I, I wouldn't spend a ton of time trying to qualify for as many loans as you possibly can. It's, I think, much better to spend any resources that you have saving for college.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important to note that there are um, a couple different. Well, there's a few different ways to save monies earmarked for college. The two most common ones are money in a 529 savings account which is just like an investment account the parent owns it or sometimes the grandparent owns it very tax efficient you know none of the growth is taxed if it's used for education um some people want to save money however in their kids names and in their kids social security numbers like it's really common for people to just open up a savings account at the bank for their kids. Yep. Um, or there are types of investments investment accounts that people can open for their kids where the money is actually in the child's social security number. Of course the parent is like the cust- you know what we call the custodian which is the person making the financial decisions, but if money is being saved for college in the Child's social security number, that is generally speaking um, not a great thing when it comes to financial aid because that more negatively affects the amount of aid you could receive. Yep. Um, so you know, and, and again, if it's like, if we're not talking about substantial dollars, if you're talking about like a few thousand bucks or whatever, don't worry about it. But I, I generally caution people to not do a lot of, you know, a significant amount of savings for education in the student's social security number yep. because that is a huge negative impact. On what we call the um, the EFC or the Expected Family Contribution, um, so the so if someone has an ability to do any like significant savings for college, which hopefully you know a lot of people can, then they should be doing that most likely in what's called a 529, which is in the parent or the grandparents' social, right? And yes, it negatively affects the aid calculation, but a pretty small percent. I want to say parents' assets, which 529s are only count like only five and a half percent of the value of those monies yeah five add 6, to the 4, expected yep. can- contribution so it's pretty small so you'd have to have a hundred grand and a 529 to swing that expected family contribution five grand f- you know fifty six hundred bucks um yep. so it's 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 relatively. I wouldn't say insignificant but it's not as significant as having money in the kids name which is like what 20 to 40% of assets in a kids name
1: yeah 20 to 25 right? i think oh like, 20 to 25 yeah calculations but yeah it's either yeah. 20 or 25 um percent of of money in a kids name goes again toward the expected family contribution again you know just yeah. to be clear when we say that you should you know you should you should definitely save for college, but you should do it in the most efficient way that you can, right? I think that's, you know, you you certainly want to spend some time and understand the pros and cons of the different savings vehicles, right? And if you're, you know, if you sit down and you say to yourself, well, all right, well, this money is for college and college costs, then it's very hard to argue against a 529, right? There's really no justification for you not saving into in a 529 plan if that's the situation that you're in. If you're in a situation where you know, you want to have the flexibility, maybe to use the money for something else, right, to buy, you know, the kid a car or for, you know, for, or to save it for them for long term, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a home down payment, which we sort of, which we'll, we'll see on a semi-regular basis. Oh so, yeah, my, my parents set up, set me up with this account. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they put five grand in, in 1980. And, you know, now it's worth <laughs> $100,000. And I want to do that for my kid too. Then by all means, you know, that, that's, that's a good use Uh, for a UTMA account. Yeah. But, you know, when you're talking about college, you know, the the college calculation is very specific and sort of fairly easy to figure out. But if you have other goals, then you want to sit down with someone who knows what they're talking about and figure out, you know, the best plan for you specifically.
2: Yeah. It's kind of like a similar discussion where people are like, "Um, if I make more money, I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket. So I (laughs) should make more money. And it's just funny because that's, under our tax code, right. at least currently, you, owe it, you get to take <laughs> home more after yeah. taxes than you pay in taxes. So it is always better to make more money, even if you jump into a higher tax bracket. Um, it, it hurts a little bit, but it is always better to have more earnings yeah um, especially well a whole different discussion but we could we could have that show another day that's a fun yeah,
1: one so. absolutely all right yeah i think we've i think we answered that one pretty well here okay all right um i get this one a fair amount uh should i start or i guess you know this can be should i either start a 529 plan if i only have a few years until college or should i continue adding to my 529 plan if i only have a few a few years mm. left until college um, I don't think we probably not a, a ton of time on this one. I think okay. in general, pr- pr- our answer is probably not. I mean, no. the yeah. way that a five twenty nine plan works is that you are beating taxes on your appreciation.
0: Yeah. And
1: for again, for most, I, I don't want to generalize for everybody, but for the average family, when you're a few years from college, you're probably not investing in a particularly Aggressive investment strategy, right? You know, if hopefully let's just, not. Yeah. yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, And I think most, you know, most people are probably in an some type of an age based portfolio. And by the mm-hmm. time you get to the last couple of years before college, those those portfolios tend to be very, very conservative, right? And so what you have is you have a situation where let's let's just say you had uh, fifty thousand dollars that you wanted to invest, and uh, your your child was a let's say a junior. Right. And the question is, oh hey, do I, you know, do I want to invest this in in a 529 plan? Well, if you take a look, you know, especially with interest rates where they are now, Mm. if you invest that money, if you earn, let's say, one percent per year, which again, maybe maybe that's low, maybe that's high, you're talking about five hundred dollars a year. And then the the benefit of you of of the five twenty-nine plan is you know, the the taxes that you would save on a thousand dollars
0: right right?
1: and so then you know at that point you get to you know is it really worth the hassle i'm just saving you know the taxes on a thousand dollars in the case of if you invested it you know maybe you know maybe you invested it in the bank i guess you know there could be you know if you're in the 30 percent tax bracket you're talking about a few hundred bucks yeah right and and so i don't generally speaking my answer is that you probably it's probably not worth the hassle but again that, that could change based on interest rates, right? If you were, if there was a money market fund and and if we were in, mm-hmm. the, in the good old days back when we started in the business and you could earn 5% in oh the money market. Oh my God, remember? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That was, yeah. It was. I literally had a client in here literally yesterday um, looking, you know, we and we had that exact same discussion. I'm pretty sure his daughter is, is finishing her sophomore year mm-hmm. um, and very similar discussion. And, you know, He was kind of like, well, can I put it in a 529 and it just goes in a money market? And I'm like, well, we can, but um, there's really no interest on money markets. It's not any better than uh, like a savings account at the bank or a short-term CD at the bank. Um, if you're just going to stick it in a money market, there's no reason to put it in a 529 because you're not saving taxes on any growth <laughs> with the rates the yeah. way they are. So that's not even worth, you know, the paper that it's printed on the application. I mean, and, um, you know, it's kind of like, if thing, you know, if, if the interest rate environment changes in the next six to 18 months, we can have a discussion, but that's probably not likely to hap- happen. And yeah. we talked about, you know, if, with like a two year time horizon, you know, it, maybe in a normal, a more normal interest rate environment, it might be worth it to do like a very conservative portfolio with a little bit of stock and bond exposure. But it, like right now, it doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah. Because there's downside risk even in bond portfolios, right? Like bonds on average are negative this year to date, right? Yeah. And, and maybe don't have a whole lot of upside in the coming year or two anyway. So it's not worth the slight, you know, the downward volatility. um, in a very conservative portfolio right now for like the tiny bit of earnings you would likely have in a conservative portfolio in a year or two so
1: yeah i, th- I think yeah the exception i think is if you have a you know a balance already in your 529 yeah. plan and you're yeah. already you know you're maybe you have a monthly investment that's going in anyway and adding more to it isn't going to add anything to you know the you know your your life administratively Right. Yeah, so if you're, yeah. you know, you might, you, in that case, there's really no, there's no upside to it necessarily. But there also is maybe no downside if you're just in a very conservative cash portfolio, well, cash mm-hmm. at the bank versus cash in the five twenty nine. Um, there's really no difference. So I'm gonna have, I have money in there anyway, So yeah. no, you know, no downside really to adding to it. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, depending, you know, that you may have a slightly different answer depending on when you plan to use the money too, right? Just if you have a five twenty nine, you don't necessarily yeah. have to use it all in year one. And, uh, you know, if you had a sophomore and you had limited funds, maybe the plan might be, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to invest this for uh, four or five years and I'm going to plan to use it at the end of college as opposed yeah, to the beginning,
0: mm-hmm. in which
1: case maybe you do have some yield um, that you're looking at. So uh, the answer is usually yeah. probably not, but there are certainly times uh, when maybe it's, it's an okay idea.
2: A 529 is similar to a Roth IRA in which, the longer the period of time you have to invest the money, the more attractive that vehicle is going to be because of the tax-free nature of the earnings. Um, In a 529, of course, the earnings are only tax-free if the money is used for education. Um, Unlimited, unlimited amount, right. For, for um, college tuitions. Right. And room and board. But it, you can actually take money out of a 529 tax free up to 10,000 per year for primary and secondary education now, but there is that limit of 10,000 per year per student, I believe. Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, Yeah. So the longer you have, the better. And if it's a really short period of time you have, there's just, there's not much, um, not Not much much benefit benefit to it. it. Yeah. All right. What's next? All
1: right uh let's see do you want it to do? i have how much do i have to save to pay for college I I know. To, that's a big that's a long one i don't know <laughs> i
2: added that one to the list <laughs> we'll plan that for another show probably because we need at least an hour to go through that one but i've done that before on the air where i've gone through actual scenarios um you know p- playing around with um you know let's take one kid, for example, how old are they? Are they zero? Are they five? Are they 10? Um, You know, public private education and kind of going through and giving people an idea of how much they would have to save under those different scenarios in order to fully have they account pay for tuition, room, and board. Um, So that's kind of interesting. The numbers can get really staggering. I'll tell you that the numbers are high (laughs) and uncomfortable for many people, (laughs) especially if you're planning for multiple private educations. Um, And, but I think it's good for people to have an idea of the range. And so again, let's put that, I'm actually gonna write this down. I always get these brilliant ideas for shows when we're on the air. (laughs) Um, But I think we should do like a college I guess a college savings calculations show.
1: Yeah, I, I think, and obviously we've you know we've done that in the past and, and yeah. will again because it's it's top of mind for a lot of folks. Yeah, I would tell I would tell folks that may don't let the answer you know if you listen to a show yeah. like that and you figure out how much you need to pay for school right because it, it gets pressed and it's sort of newsworthy when some when someone like yeah. us on the radio writes an or, or writes an article that says. All right. Well, you know, a high-end private school is now $85,000 yeah. per year. And, you know, if you add, <laughs> that's, you know, $340,000 for four years. And if you inflate that at 5%, uh, and you, you know, you get some yeah. absolutely staggering number. Yeah. And then, you know, it's it basically, you know, if, if they say, if you have three kids, you got to save whatever is $5,000 a month for it.
2: Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, I
1: wouldn't let the answer to that depress you. Right. Um, I do. We do hear a fair bit of oh it doesn't matter anyways there's no way I could come possibly come close so I'm just not going to save anything right I Uh, I would I would caution against folks having that attitude right any any bit that you save especially if you start early and and you know get some compounding working for you uh is certainly going to help and uh if it's not if you know yourself well enough to know that the answer to that question is not going to help you I would say maybe try to avoid it (laughs) we'll make that
2: show we'll make that show not depressing how about that We'll make sure we, we make it not depressing and throw out a lot of options for people. You're the pessim right. you're ever the pessimist. I am I? I'm ever the optimist. Yeah. I'm,
1: I feel like I'm 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 kind of the realist. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay,
2: what's next? We got like ten minutes.
1: Ten minutes. Uh, let's see.
2: There were some questions regarding debt. Um
1: Yeah, should I pay off my student questions? loans yeah. or start a retirement plan? All right. Um, that one is I have some calculations in here. Why don't, why don't okay. you start on that one, and I'll I'll, I'll pull up the calculations. Okay. I don't know if they're going to work very well, but you know, just in case, maybe we can run some numbers. But uh, yeah, go ahead. You start on that one.
2: All right. So. Um, my general thinking on this is, well, first of all, I, I am very passionate and I do think it's, well, I'm passionate about a couple things in, in this regard. One of them is, of course, the benefits of saving early and building your nest egg for retirement early. I mean, we could literally talk for three hours about the benefit, you know, compounding earnings in a portfolio and front loading your retirement plan so that it works harder for you earlier on so you don't have to save as much. Yeah. If your assets are earning more early on and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and I try to hammer, you know, this into as many people as I talk to as many young people in particular, that it's just so important to start early and get money into retirement plans. So, um, I'm passionate about that. I, I think the answer to this, of course, depends. But largely, in my opinion, depends on the amount of debt we're talking about. You know, I've met people twenty-somethings, thirty-somethings that have thirty grand in student loans, and you know, is it like, do I pay that off or do I put more in my retirement plans? That's you know, for many people, a fairly manageable amount of debt, right? If you're walking out with the national average. Yeah. Uh, Thirty grand in retirement. Um, excuse me, in student loans. Then I, then I think you know, I'm I'm probably favoring get some money into retirement plans. Do you know? Don't worry so much about overpaying. Of course, it depends on the interest rate and all that. Yeah. If well, let I me, me let me
1: stop you can I, can I just can I interrupt you for yeah. a second I, I just wanted to go back to you know you you say you're passionate about you know starting early and saving early just to, just a quick scenario just to illustrate this I, I know we mm-hmm. do this maybe all the time but um if you you know if you start with essentially nothing and you save a thousand dollars a month for 40 years and earn seven percent mm-hmm. your your balance is Two point four seven one million dollars. All right, so okay. that's it. That sounds like a yep. big number. Futures, um, yep. If you do this, if you instead do two thousand dollars a month for twenty years, right? So this is the this mm-hmm. is the hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna save for retirement when I'm young, right? I get out of school, I'm at twenty five. I don't worry about it until I'm forty five, and yep. then I'm gonna play catch up, right? So I save the same amount of money because
2: wait, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. So you're saving the same amount of money, but over twenty years, not forty years. Right. So the first one was two point seven million. I'm gonna guess it's one point two million. Yeah, what it's is- less.
1: It's it's just about a million dollars.
2: Yeah. So it's crazy.
1: It is both both four hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of contribution. So in in the 20 years at seven yeah. percent, you you doubled your money, which sounds great, but yeah. in the forty years, let me just I can let me pull that back. So up just here. to
2: be clear, you're you're saving the same exact amount of money out of pocket. Yep. but you're saving it. In one scenario, you're saving a smaller amount over 40 years. And the second scenario, you're saving yep. a larger amount over 20 years, but it's the same total savings. Yep. Those numbers are crazy. I've done calculations yeah. like that. Um, I do it for the high school kids and it's just unbelievable. I mean, that right there is like, yeah. It's so you're, just, you're up five yeah. times
1: versus two times. Even wow. though you save The exact same amount of money. And, and yeah. again, that's a, because we that's
2: why we're passionate about that's it. that's
1: one of the things that we preach all the time so again i was i cut yeah. you off you in the middle i hope you remember what your train of thought no was.
2: that's okay i could <laughs> you're gonna have to cut me off kirk has to do it all the time on the show i've actually had people come in my clients come into my office and be like will you please let your husband talk on <laughs> while on the radio show i just like sometimes i can't stop myself um, you know what
1: i did too hear, i heard a hear client say that in? to you too yeah no no she said uh i i heard a client uh, come in and they said that you were, you were the voice of W.A.T. or you were the <gasps> voice of Magna <laughs> Raphael? so maybe I guess now I know why, because you're the one who does all the talking. Oh,
2: I do all the talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, no, Kirk is good about, he'll, he'll he's good about in, inserting himself when he has something to stay, but I could just keep going and going and going. And, um, yeah, he does have to cut me off once in a while. Um, I was talking about like it, you know, I, of course, you know, for that reason, that's a great example, favor, Starting retirement um, savings early, um, but when I meet someone that has like a lot of student loan debt, you know, maybe they went to medical school or they went yeah. to law school, or both. They both went to law school, or you know, and and you're talking a hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars in loans. Um, That's an amount that I think is just very, it's a huge weight on people, right, of course, and the interest on that amount of money is significant. And, you know, that's a situation where I tend to favor debt elimination, you know, earlier. And I would always say, you know, put in your retirement plan, of course, at least what your company needs you to put in so that you get the match if there's an employer match and all that. And maybe you put a, you know, small amount in there anyway, but you don't want to be burdened by an amount of debt like that um, for, for a very long period of time. So I like to work down big balances. And then when they get to more reasonable balances, then I'm, Saying okay, well, maybe now is an opportunity. Let's get more in retirement so we can work on that. I don't know. It's it's a balancing act f- yeah. for sure.
1: I th- I think uh, at the extremes, right? If, if it was just an either or, we generally would say, you know, what you shouldn't do probably is pay down your pay down your college loans until they are gone. At which you will you will switch right. over and start right. saving for retirement. Right? That that almost never makes sense. Um, just because, well, partially because if you're using a fairly aggressive investment rate of return your your interest rate is probably higher than that which on your debt and yeah. then when you factor in a company match right mm. all of a sudden your you know your rate of return is 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 a heck of a lot higher right if you're putting in 5% and your company's matching 4% well there's a, there's an immediate 80% rate of return mm. then the money is invested oh, yeah, and if you point. if you're in an aggre- you know if you're in an aggressive portfolio then you're even you know you're even more ahead of the game right that again yeah. that doesn't mean but again, to the ex- the other end of the extreme is, oh, you just pay down your debt at the slowest possible pace because, well, hey, you yeah. know, I'm I'm financially better off, right? If my if my uh, my student loans are at five percent and I could, you know, spend every dollar investing at seven percent, oh, again, not not per year, but over long periods of time, well, then I'm going to be better off financially, and and you know, I'm going to be uh, I'll be richer, right? I, I don't think we're saying that we don't we never tell anyone that the goal of 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 managing your money is to end up as rich as possible i think obviously there's always a a personal a personal part of it and people don't like debt uh you know we we we're always telling folks to have their mortgage paid off or at least make that potentially one of your goals at retirement. But in theory, you could make a, you could make a case that that's probably not the greatest idea from a financial point of view, just based on interest yeah. rates and investment rates, etc.
2: And you know what, how many, yeah, I mean, so again, we would never, it, it, it's a balancing act. It's not do one or the other, it's do both. We want to make a decision regarding maybe we do one more heavily than the other yeah. when it comes to pay down debt versus save. Um, but hundred percent of balancing act, don't just do one and then do the other. Right. Um, and you know what, I, I literally just had an experience where I ran into a client in the last couple of days and we had this discussion. He's older and it wasn't, we weren't talking about student loans. We were talking about, you know, there's a chunk of money. As I recall, it was from an inheritance. Um, Do we, do we pay, do we we put a big chunk on the mortgage um, or do we put it in an investment account? And we talked back and forth about it. And um, he ended up going with um, paying down, you know, putting big chunk down on the mortgage. And I saw him and he, you know, was filling me in and I was like, has it feel and he was like you know what it feels really good yeah so that just you know and and it but having said that it does feel good to, to you know see a large balance in an investment account too but I think it just feels <laughs>
1: yeah. unless it, it's just, unless it was uh bigger last month right yeah that's true that's true
2: it can cause too much stress when you look at it too much um but yeah just and I said I look forward to that day when I can have you know a similar sense of relief hopefully when I could do that as well but um yeah. we only have a minute and a half did you ever know that we were
1: yeah, I know. We're Start up against playing it.
2: playing music soon, Justin.
1: Yeah, do we have anything um, else on this one? Let me think. Uh,
2: but no, I'll just give a little shout out to our podcast because I'm... Um um, oh, yeah, like if people, you know, missed uh, part of the show or want to check out some of our other podcasts. Um, so we take all of these radio shows and we turn them into a podcast. So you can just search your podcast app for McNamara on money. And all of our um, shows are there. We break a two hour show into two one hour podcasts just for your listening pleasure. Um, but yeah, if anyone missed part of this or wants to check out any of our other content, you can always check out our podcasts.
1: Okay. Wow. I, you know what? I honestly, I you totally
2: forget forgot to announce that. Podcast. I know, you're what that podcast. Terrible. McNamara, you just search McNamara on money on your podcast app.
0: Oh, um, oh, I look used who's, to post
2: some of them on the website. Oh no, that's them. the old one. That's the old one. <laughs> that's my old photo. Um, but you can always, um, I do sometimes post them on our website to mcnamarafinancial.com com, where you can also go to McNamara on money.
1: Okay. All right. Well, hey, we're just about up against it. So, uh, hey, thank you all for listening. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.